boys. I'm Mark. Bog Beef. Fredo. And I would like to say I've been monitoring the chat. I did not know this was the song that was going to be played tonight. But as soon as it started, I was like, oh, everybody is going to think that I picked the song tonight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, those are Florida boys. That, that, was, that was my pick. The 38 special. Mm, that's uh, the remnants of uh, uh, Leonard Skinner, who uh, warned you guys about... Um, New Young, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's true. decades ago. All right, you, you guys still you still got it? Never lost it. Some people think that we that we lost it, but that's not that's not it. It's it's ours, and it's always going to be ours for no. the rest of our lives. Yeah, that's that's not true. We've been we <laughs> we've been I've so had it, I've had it and lost it probably over a dozen times over the past forty years. I've been see I've been seeing people say that shit, but like we've been so hot lately, like just on fire. So I, I that that that's that's ridiculous. Um, uh, so. uh, uh, pardon me, come on, man. That's why some people think I've lost it. I haven't. What I've done is I've had it all. It's been mine. It's been mine. It'll be mine my entire life. If you don't have that attitude coming into this, something's wrong. Yeah. Um, <laughs> man, there's a lot, lot, lot of things going on. Um, uh, for uh, Just ba- one thing to get off the, the bat, because I don't think I have any Joe Rogan stuff, but people thought I was playing, but, like, I'm not playing. This is important. So, like, if you are, tr- if you are on the come up, and who isn't? You know what I mean? We're on the grind, right? If you're if you're on the come up, you're trying to get something going on social media. You need to be posting about Joe Rogan right now. And I'm not like, and let, let me contextualize that. So this isn't this is a small thing. This is a big thing. Um, you need to look around at like who are the influencers right now. Look at everybody who's got like fifty thousand uh, uh, followers plus people with doing like a hundred k on YouTube. The big boys, you know, you know how they got their shit. They were they spent a lot of time talking about Jordan Peterson. People that don't have a way to relate to you, they don't know what you're up to. They don't know what you're like. They they're not going to give you. They're not going to see what you're doing unless they have something uh, to like. Okay, let's see what this. Let's see what this idiot says about Jordan Peterson. Do you like, remember when the president in exile was still in office, and there was this cottage industry of these like blue, like demented blue. Uh, blue wave people who had like bots set up that they would just respond to every one of his tweets instantly with the, with their own quote tweet. Yeah. They're yep. still working. Yeah. They, still, yeah. yeah. That's what this, I was about to say. A lot of people got their start that way. This, this is another ramp. Like this doesn't come up very often. Like I, I can smell it. Right. And so I, when, when Jordan Peterson, like first hit people were just desperately hungry for anything to hear anybody talk about Jordan Peterson. And like, and like the thing is, like, uh, well, it was a big story. It's not, I'm not like this Joe Rogan thing. It's a big story, and it's not a big story. So it's a big story because he's the number one, uh, uh, like basically, uh, you know, with not TV, radio, more people spend more time listening to this guy's voice than like any other person, like you know, in, in in English. So um, it is a big deal. Now, like, is it a big deal? Well, like at the end of the day, like after all this shit settles, like. I, I don't. I don't imagine there's going to be a huge difference of like, uh, to me at least. I mean, maybe he'll be on another network. Maybe he won't. I don't know. But like, life will go on. You know what I'm saying? No matter what happens. Yeah, we we. I mean, we talked about him a lot. Uh, not so much on the TL because we didn't have a podcast at the time. But like, that was a big discussion in 
on Twitter and in group chats. People, everybody just had an opinion on Jordan B. Peterson, despite like, yeah, you know, he, he wasn't it, it, that compelling of a public figure. This is what so that, this, this is what the episode last episode was about. This is picking an S tier. All right, go ahead. I was just gonna say there's a uh, an analogy here to <clears throat> you know like fitness and health social media too. Um, where sometimes someone comes out that's like, uh, you know, very controversial or an idea comes out and everybody has to have like a, a long take on it. Right. So one like recent example is, I don't know, I want to say like maybe three years ago, this documentary came out called Game Changers. I don't know if anybody remembers that, but it was a uh, it was a documentary made about how supposedly like a vegan lifestyle was the best for athletics. And the Diaz brothers from UFC were in it. I think those guys are vegans. So like this created a lot of controversy, right? Cause like the, that's not a popular opinion right now. Usually like fitness, athletics, things like that. Uh, people tend to lean more towards like an animal based lifestyle. So what happened when that, excuse me, documentary came out, I mean, there was endless amounts of YouTube content sort of dissecting that documentary like point by point. Uh, I mean, everybody who was anybody in like that sort of industry on social media had to have something about game changers. And this went on for quite a while. I mean, one of the jokes and it's a, it's a joke because it's funny, but it's also true. Like this is not an exaggeration is there were some YouTube videos dissecting the claims in game changers that were themselves longer than the Game Changers documentary. <laughs> you remember the, that? Uh, you, so if, if you like it, it's a great show, but uh, I, not my cup of tea. The Walking Dead, right? They would have, like, after the show, another hour-long show where they talked about the show you just watched. Yeah, and, I mean, I don't watch these shows, but, like, my understanding is there's, like, entire podcasts about The Bachelor. Like the, like the bit oh, yeah. where they talk for an hour about a one hour episode of the bachelor. That's, that's what hoes be doing it all the time anyway, for real life. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Anything you do, like, uh, I used to have this thing when I was trying to advise uh, guys to, how to, um, uh, you say women know stuff. I don't know why. Like, like you, you could like, there is an explanation. It's not magic. Women talk, they're talking all the time. They're like an intelligence network, like underground and shit. They just know, they know stuff about you. you go on your like uh, second date with a woman. She, she, she knows stuff about you. She knows stuff that you have, that there's, you would like, it would, it would, it's, it'd be bait. Like there is a reason. So they're like, you could figure it out, but like, it's functionally like magic that like, they would just know this kind of shit about you, but they just know stuff. You just got to like, assume that like women know stuff that, that like, it's, it's you're not gonna be able to explain it. They just do. I infuriated a woman once by saying, like, when we were discussing this particular, like, phenomenon. And, you know, I was like, well, I was like, my theory on this is that, like, women have, like, a sort it was that. Okay, so this is a little more specific. It was talking about how <laughs> women, can, women can sense things about other women, right? And yeah. I basically said, like, well, I think that's, like, you know, women have a very special connection to the earth and to each other that comes from being the bringers of life. Right. So I thought I was saying this like very like heady, beautiful comment, but I guess like the chick I said this to at the time was like a feminist or whatever. She was like mega pissed. Yeah. Like that, that, you know, that did not go over very well. Yeah. So like things like the bachelor. So this thing they do like in real life. So like, you know, like, Oh, I just, 
uh, you know, I asked out Sally from work to the roller skate rink, and now she knows like everything about me and all this kind of stuff. Um, like that, that like real life skill they do. Th- this is a sporting version is playing this like for the um, the Bachelor, right? So these are people they will never know and stuff, uh, and they can sort of play this like it's it, like a. You know, like uh, um, there'd be things like you you could you could play. Well, well, anyways, it's like a sporting version of that, so it's fun. They like it. It's um, but yeah, they just know stuff. <clears throat> All right, let's see. We got some uh, some other things to talk about. Let's see. Um, a lot of influencers got their job commenting on Jordan Pearson, right? Uh, let's see. Okay. You know the Olympics are going. Has have any of you paid any attention to the Winter Olympics? I'm not like. I saw like for the first time in like 40 years, like um, someone from the American compound like chewed off their leg manacles and made a run for it and escaped to <laughs> to China. That's. I was about to say literally the only the only reason I had heard about it was because that Chinese girl defected. Yeah. Well, yeah, the way they reported the story, like, well, uh, that's not like that's what used to happen, right? So it used to like they used to when you defected from the Soviet Union, to the United States, like, um, you're you're like, uh, you know, your soccer coach or whatever would uh take his eyes off you for five minutes while you said you're going to the bathroom, and you just ran as fast as you could over to uh uh to the American side, and like now you were an American, you were never like all your family and shit is gonna go uh is gonna uh. Uh, you know, be be put in a gulag or whatever, but like um, that was it. And you did that, it the, the Olympics because like they like you, they had to let you come to this place like near near other people. But like you know, if you had like if you were playing a game for the Soviet Union in a basketball rink there, like that was a tense situation because you could just like run outside the stadium there and you'd be you'd be you'd have be free in a way that you like back in the Soviet Union you weren't going to be like oh, I'm going to take a flight to France check out Paris this week. That's not going to fucking happen. And so that's that's how I the story. Yeah, I was gonna say that's why up until the two thousands, that's why Cuba didn't let their ball players play in tournaments that involve games in the U.S. Uh, because they <laughs> basically figured the whole team would just you know be gone. Yeah, they just run away. Yeah, so the punchline about this, right? I'm sure you've had you had to see it. Well, that she, uh, she gave up her American citizenship to skate for China, and then she fell on her ass in two different events and caused China to fall out of the medal ranking in those events. And now everybody on Chinese social media is calling her an idiot. They hate her now. Nice. Yeah, I nice. mean, uh, she's 19 years old, whatever. I, but but uh, uh, she's a, I guess she's the daughter of a famous scientist, and she and she gave up her citizenship to go skate for them because she wasn't good enough to make the American team. And I, I, I have a hard time feeling sorry for her. You kind of. Kind of got what's coming to you, right? The yeah, prob- agreed. The problem is, is uh, she'll be fine here in in a way that she wouldn't over there. So money talks over here, right? Yeah, she gave up her citizenship. She renounced it. Yeah, it, it won't matter because she go back here. So her dad is, you know, he's got a Wikipedia page and shit yeah. like that. Um, so uh, you know, she's like, I think she's like currently attending a an elite United States university and stuff. They're not going to kick her out or anything. They would do that over there. You know, yeah, the other ones. Uh, yeah, she's. They would have said you're not. Lady. You're not welcome back here. But you know, it's. Um, anyways, <clears throat> did I ever tell you guys? Uh, I don't know if I've talked about it on the show. One of my friends went to grade school with a kid who. Uh, so this was in the '80s. Kid who sat next to him, like in homeroom and like in middle school every day, 
one day, you know, he just notices the kid's not coming to homeroom anymore. Uh, and then like a week later, they watched the news and they found out the kid was taken to the Soviet Union by his parents because both his parents were American scientists that defected to the Soviet Union. And this was uh, particularly kind of a bad choice because this was like in 1986. So like the party. <laughs> was over. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's. That's wild. Congratulations. I just bought us some stock in Betamax. Yeah, I thought about trying to do a story one time on, um, uh, what's his, uh, Yaziel Puig. I just know Puig. It's just kind of a fun name to say. Baseball player Puig. You ever heard of him? Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah he, he played for the Dodgers. Famous. Yeah. Yeah. So the interesting thing, thing there is that, um, and this was like all done officially and stuff. It's kind of like, I don't know people talk about it. So, the Italian mafia is kind of like official in New York City in a way that's like kind of funny. Uh, in Japan, the mafia is kind of official. In other words, like you can like write down on your bank statement, I gave $50,000 to Tony Spaghetti, you know, for uh, uh, for Bob stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> what? Well, uh, believe it or not. So, uh, <laughs> okay. Okay. So, um, but they, all right, so to explain that, so the mafia has like a set tax they put on uh, construction projects in New York City, I'm told. And yeah, it's like it, it, like it's okay, it's okay to like formally like put this on on like accounting statements and things like that, which would be you know what I'm saying? I mean, somebody was, here we should was, ask about this. That was definitely the case uh, you know, up until the nineties uh, really up, up until, you know, Giuliani being the, uh, prosecutor there, um, mm. this is now before he was actually, uh, you know, mayor of the city, but my understanding, and I could be wrong about this. I don't have particular inside information, but my understanding is that stopped basically in the late eighties, early nineties, when all these guys started going to jail and they started cracking down okay. as an aside, that's also why, the unions became weaker uh, because it, it, it was the case that like, if you tried to do a construction project in New York city and you didn't hire union guys, uh, you know, a guy with no neck would knock on your door and tell you like, okay, well you're going to hire union guys from now on. Right. That was yeah. kind of like a, an accepted thing that happened. And when all those guys got locked up and the crackdowns happened and they all went to jail and that all fell apart, <clears throat> you know, these these uh, developers could get uh, you know aggressive again, I guess you would say, and just stop. They didn't feel the need to sort of pay homage to the unions anymore with with their labor contracts. Yeah, it's um, it, it's it, that that kind of stuff is interesting. That's kind of like the thing with Bitcoin, like where if you once you regulate it, um, the the thing was like like what did the union do? So the union would would um, you pay them. A couple of their guys are going to basically get fake union jobs. They're going to get paid like they're a plumber and shit, but they're not going to do anything. But uh, no show jobs. But because of this, because and because of this, now that now that the mob relies on this money, no matter how, no matter what this money is doing, they're going to do anything to keep it. So if there's anyone like uh, if there's like uh, you know some kind of like uh, if there was a D, if there's a protest holding up like the the cement trucks on the way to the the way to the uh, the construction site, which this kind of thing would happen all the time. Then Tony Spaghetti's out there and he's breaking your legs. You know what I'm saying? Because he needs his money, uh, and so it would it would 
it, you know, it was a shakedown, but these shakedowns now, this is, this, you know, this is the patronage thing, but okay. So, okay. Hey, uh, th- I got a little housekeeping here that's kind of on subject. I wanted to talk to Fredo about this, but, la- but last week, obviously, we had the trucker spectacular. But there are still no-show jobs, right? Like, especially after bat flu. Uh, the, on the story on the screen is that someone just has taken a picture of the, uh, the Democrat uh, Policy Committee, and there's just a giant stack of papers in there because nobody's been to work for, like, two years. They're yeah. just chilling out at home. Yeah. And uh, Fredo, I think, said that you had this experience dealing with the two state capitals in New Jersey and Florida, right? Yeah. So, I mean, because of, like, all the bat flu stuff, with part of the stuff with my professional licensing is like I, ha- I had to get a transfer to Florida, right? So New Jersey has to basically certify to Florida that, you know, I'm in good standing and everything like that. And then Florida it sort of carries over. So, you know, calling the state capital in Florida to check on stuff, people answer the phone. If you mail them an application, they get it. Everything's pretty much normal. You call Trenton, which is the, the capital of New Jersey for people that don't know, Nobody's there. You just get a voicemail that says, like, nobody's answering the phone. If you leave a message, someone will call you back from their house. You know, spoiler alert, they don't. Uh, I had mailed New Jersey the certification that they had to sign and send to Florida, and I didn't hear anything for, like, weeks, right? So I call. I get that voicemail. Get no call back. I found an email on the website. I sent an email address I got an email to that address. I got an autoresponder that said, hey, if you've mailed us anything in the past year, like we didn't open it. We just threw it in the garbage. Uh, So you'll have to email us a copy of whatever you mailed us. Um, Just like, you know, and then you, you email them a copy of it and they say that they'll review it in, you know, 48 hours. Of course, they don't do that. Nobody gets back to you. Um, so yeah, it was very much a night and day difference between the like states that are still, you know, treating their government workers as if bat flu is a thing versus states that are not. The funny part is while this is all going on with New Jersey state employees, and this is affecting a zillion different departments. I mean, I've talked to, uh, you know, I'm retired now from private practice, but talking to people that are not retired and still practicing up in New Jersey, it's apparently worse than ever. I mean, you can file things with the division of taxation and they just never get processed for months and months and months on end. But what's funny about that is like uh, in October, the division of taxation, while treating their own employees this way, told private employers that if you have any work from home employees in New Jersey, if you're not a New Jersey employer, uh, that you've been letting work from home due to COVID, you better get them back in the office by October. Otherwise we're going to start taxing you if you continue to let them work from home. So basically they were suspending the COVID rules for work from home as they apply to private employers while continuing these, you know, on their own. So it is, yeah, it's a night and day situation the way that different States are handling this stuff. And these no-show jobs have like, it, like existed forever, um, but this bit, the no-show jobs in places like New Jersey used to be a formalized thing where everybody knew when you were getting hired, you were getting hired to a no-show job because you did something for the party or you were a long-time elected official that retired and this is how they got you out. 
to get a new guy in, you know, something along that nature. What's new is that this concept of these no-so jobs is like just sort of, it's gotten expanded to like, you know, just regular <laughs> pleb government employees to the point where it's not, the, the state government's not functioning anymore, right? Like if you have a limited number of those no-show jobs, like the government continues to function. It can actually function fine. Uh, the problem is when that becomes like the default. Right. So before you're, you're sort of handing this to this other person. And now uh, this other person is like, uh, they're just sort of calling their own shots and stuff now. And uh, I mean, so th this is really dumb, but people should, we should take a moment here. I know like uh, I, I'm really dumb. So this, this kind of thing, I would have never imagined my head, but so, okay. So imagine this person has this job um, and they, who knows if it's at the, the tag office or something like that. And they're, um, they're at home. Are, are they getting things done? Are they not? I don't know. So, uh, okay. What's going on there. Okay. Imagine they worked at a pizza place. They were, uh, a guy that put the pizza in the oven. Like what would happen to the pizza place? Like once he gets on this protocol, like this would need to be resolved pretty fast or like they're done now. So like, okay, you see what I'm saying? Like they're, they're not doing shit. Right. And so you see that with the mail stacked up, but you can't, if you're listening to this, but there's a huge, they're just, it's obvious they're just not doing any work. Um, Malcolm talked about this the first time, again, one of the first few episodes that we ever did with them that, you know, you can, you can have a certain number of people just siphoning money from the coffers and, and you'll be okay. But Burrito that, principle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But once, once it reaches like five to 15% of the total population of the country, which you maybe it is right now, like working from home, uh, quote unquote, working from home. Yeah. Then you run into, you run into issues because it's only so <laughs> you can always absorb so much, uh, it, I'll be nice to say inefficiency, right? Yeah. Let me add. Okay. So aqua racer, some of stuff. You say, I've been working from home since March, 2020. Would you, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a, a, let's, you have to choose one of these two things. A, you start back to work eight to five in the office, eight o'clock sharp. Now don't, don't be late. Uh, every five, five days a week, like you did before. Uh, that's option A option B. I kick you in the nuts as hard as I can. Which one do you want to pick? <laughs> A or B? A or B? Uh, so you can continue, Mary. We'll, we'll, we'll check. Let's check back in with uh, Operator in a second. Well, this is also this is a, a, a hot off the presses, and it's also related to what we're talking about. Breaking news: New Jersey's governor, a Democrat, the New York Times wants you to, wants you to know that is expected to end mask mandates in schools for students and teachers. And what he says is a quote unquote huge step towards normalcy. It takes effect in March, so you know it could it could be canceled. But uh, it was, uh, by the way, it was a coordinated thing because Delaware and I think Connecticut uh, made the announcement on the same day and uh, with the same end date. Notably, however, New York did not follow its neighbors, does, did not make an announcement, does not have an end date. It's speculated because Kathy Hochul is kind of butthurt about uh, the fact that the courts overturned her mask mandate. The overturning is stayed, though, pending appeal. So to try and save face, the speculation is that she's going to continue the mandate while the appeal is stayed, even though, you know, New Jersey and Connecticut are getting uh, New Jersey, Connecticut and Delaware are all getting rid of it. All right, hang on. We're back, back with Aquarius. You said, hey, I don't, like, really? How long, <laughs> how long was your commute? So, like, surely you've taken a hard line drive. You ha you had a two-hour commute both coming and going, 
and you wouldn't take the kick to the nuts? Hey, come uh, on. No, hey, don't attack our listeners. If he uh, doesn't want to be <laughs> brutally kicked in the balls, that's his business. You talking about t- like everybody's taking a hard line drive, you know, softball game or something to the uh, to the sack. Uh, oh, you, you yeah, you could pop me twice for uh for twenty hours of your life a week. Oh, come on, man. Um, some people, right. well, some people like commuting. Well, I say that, but like, like no, my no. idea of commuting in, in no. New York City commuting are different things. No, you, you, this is this is an open shut issue, and like if you don't think about this the right way. Like, um, you're not going to, people aren't going to have a reasonable way of getting out of this. Like, first thing you got to understand is like, um, like if this was me, I would fight you. Oh, like, uh, I, I mean, I would really fight over getting 20 hours of my week back. Like, so if I was like a conservative trying to negotiate with her and I was like, oh, I'll just tell them to come back in the office tomorrow. It ain't going to work, buddy. It's not going to work. What I would, you, you have to like work these guys back in and like half and half and stuff. Um, uh, he says, I don't think my department would be would be asked to go back. Right, which is exactly what I was saying. Uh that's what I would that's what I would do. because I, I would say there ain't no way these motherfuckers are just gonna come back. Sorry. Uh, someone my, asked how long your commute I guess was. Short, short, very short, <laughs> 15 minutes. Um, okay, so um well, a couple of things. Let's see, I have some little notes here written down. Sm- uh we're you know, as you seen Joe Biden, uh, we're getting free crack pipes. <laughs> yes. Uh, Heroin injection sites too, right? Yeah. This is this is interesting, right? Because like, you know, you can see like, because I I, I talked to some. There's some guy I got in my thread, and he was telling me like, well, you know, this lowers X percent of X of X percent, and it's it's kind of like. Yeah, like, so you go to the patronage brain, like, there's no, like, do you, people, like, I don't know if people know, like, what it's like, like, politics is a, is dirty, and it's tough, like, let's say you have some very innocent thing that you want to get past, like, it doesn't just fucking get past, like, it goes through, like, 50 hands of the dirtiest, grubbiest people on earth, like, no, nothing just like, oh, well, we just figured out this reduces HIV transmission from crackheads from 11%, so we just put this into into, into, uh, into action, and we're paying all these people, like, no, no, that's BS, that's BS, no, that shit doesn't happen, like, you know, you, you think of these people, it's like, you know, the, they got the marginalized person thing down pat, because, like, literally, like, smoking crack, like, we'll just make you a marginalized person, you could be Bill <laughs> You be Bill Gates and like, like tomorrow if you start smoking crack, you're marginalized. You got you're gonna have some fucking problems, some serious problems. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, even if you're straight, you're gonna be a member of the LGBT community when the money runs out. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that that one of the saddest things was like after I graduated high school, a guy that like you know I lost touch with over the years, but uh, I was friends with in high school. I saw on the police blotter basically had been doing gay prostitution and this was definitely not a gay guy. And it was for the reasons Merrick uh, mentions yeah. there. Uh, I have a theory about this, by the way, and I want to see what you guys think about this. This seems like a thing to me where I could easily see how a member of the administration in one of these many bullshit jobs for these sort like equity or whatever thought this was a good idea. Um, my theory is that, that, that like this just kind like somebody like that, that legitimately thought this was a good idea, put the whole thing together and nobody really was like paying attention or noticed. And it wasn't enough money to draw a lot of attention. 
So it kind of just sort of flew under the radar until it became a real program. And then that's the point where the media sort of was able to notice it and it became a thing. Yeah, it would be it would be like if we were, you know, like I was the president of the United States and Bog Beef worked, you know, worked for me and he peeled off, you know, 50 million dollars to encourage tractor pulls in the in the Gulf Coast region. And like if that would be fine because hey, hey, we like tractor pulls. That's just part of our culture. Uh, I'm sure that it would benefit not only the people with the tractors, but like the the organizers that would like they're, they're, this is a job creation program to some extent. There, there are jobs created from this money, and you know who's like the the jobs are going to go to their their political clients. So like it's 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 a win win situation inside you know, of like you, the outside. Which, and they probably don't care at this point. Like do they even they either they either think that okay he's going to be gone next turn like the the, the, the whole the whole thing's going to blow up in what, seven months or they're going to steal more elections. So it doesn't matter. So at this point, they're probably just like, Hey, whatever, just start taking the money where you can. They couldn't get it from Joe Manchin. They couldn't turn him upside down and shake him by the ankles and get the change. So they're just ticky tacky bullshit. What what do you mean? Uh, Wait, you said uh, only them are going to get these jobs. You're not going to go apply at the safe crack smoking facility. (laughs) No, sorry. I was I, uh, I I pinged the the uh, the DNC and asked if there'll be live music at the the crack. That's all that. Yeah, I, I mean, what can you say about this other than like, uh, I can say a lot. Well, uh, yeah, no, no, but I, I, no, I don't mean that. I mean, I, yeah, the, the house. The, I know the well, house sauce is patrons, but just to me, for one second, can we all just? I know there are people here who probably disagree with this, but can we all maybe approach the question again of like? Was legalizing narcotics a good idea? Like, no, it was. It was almost. A, you could say it subjectively was a bad idea. Like, in in we we know when I make jokes about like I want to burn down the vape stores and the head shops. Like, it's not really a joke. That that this is not. A, we're not going down a good path. Mm, okay. I know that's crazy. Right? Yeah, I mean, I've been banging i agree with you 100 i've been banging that drum since this whole movement started to legalize this stuff that it would be terrible for a variety of reasons and i I don't even think like you know the other side is not great either like i don't think that you you should just go around throwing people in jail for the rest of their lives about this stuff but it's the speed limit principle that you talk about all the time Mm -hmm. when you legalize it and you put it in a storefront and you do that sort of stuff it makes the whole thing much worse much worse than even if it was, you know, just a disorderly person's offense where you got a fine, you know, like a $250 fine or something like that. It may sound like that's not a big difference, right? But it's actually a night and day difference in terms of how it affects society. Hey, Chicken Soup with the Soul popped in with something that I thought I had thought about myself the other day and then just kind of blew out of my mind because I have... 90 IQ. It's a Dave, you know, if you watch The Wire, like one of David, like in, in the, I think it was season three, I think, or, or whatever, doesn't matter. He had this scheme where they took a district in Baltimore and they just, uh, the police just decriminalized drug dealing completely. You could do all the dealers could go to this one place and, and apply their stuff and nobody would go to jail. And in the show, it was portrayed like this, this is an idea that could possibly work. Well, you know, we, we can see what that looks like in real. If you want to see what what Hamsterdam from the wire looks like in real life, I go to Tenderloin in San Francisco. 
Yeah, uh, mm, take a deep yeah. breath, breathe it in. Well, enjoy. That okay, I would say that technique is used uh to pretty good effect, like almost everywhere. It just depends on how much you're trying to contain. So my small town, I'm surprised you didn't have so my small town, there's a place called Candy Corner. And Candy Corner is where uh they want you to go. And they'd rather have you do it there than uh, having all this shit spill out. See, this is what like what happened. You know what happened in Chicago is they had a place like this. They had this is this is the place where you went, and we're not gonna and um you just do what you you do what you gotta do, but you all do it here. They bulldozed that shit, and now there's like a zillion turf wars popped off because used to it was like, well, we like oh, this one gang of professionals runs this shit. And they're going to kill anybody who, like, tries to do anything. And guess what? Like, the police help them. So this is, like, a big thing of, like, all these, like, top mobsters in America, like, uh, you know, Whitey Bulger and stuff. Every time Whitey Bulger killed somebody, he called up the FBI and said, hey, I'm going to pop uh, Tony Spaghetti here. Uh, just let you know. They said, okay, it's fine. Yeah, uh, you guys need any help? Yeah, that's fine. And they did that because they'd rather have just have one. It's better to have one. Now, it's the speed limit thing. Once you formalize it, which is what they've done. Like that—that's when it becomes a problem because now uh, you, form, you you formalize it. And now we're gonna we're we're bumping everything up fifteen miles an hour faster than what this. Before. Okay, one thing. So this is Scott's Irish. Well, you know, people are gonna roll a doobie once in a while. You know, it's New Year's Eve. You know what I'm saying? Um, but like, okay, th- I mean, this thing in and of itself. So the way I thought, the best take I heard. So uh, uh, Tinksorg said something on Jeff Schulenberger's show that I thought was pretty great. Uh, so. <clears throat> This policy, so like they're going to have like some weird bureaucrat person that's going to like, uh, you know, uh, give them the clean out the crack pipes on all the dishwashers and then get them, get them going. Now, this weird place where they go and um, do all this stuff. That's like, that's really weird to me as an American. Like, it would feel like, um, I don't know, it would just feel like some kind of like uh, very, very weird to be like in a government building where they did shit like that. I'd be like, what? It, like, it would feel like, uh, some kind of like mark of the beast stuff, or you know what I'm saying? Like I would feel very grossed out by that. But like we're Americans, so like we were started by like uh, you know like insane warlike people that wanted to create a Christian Sparta. But everywhere else in the world is not like that. So if you go to any other country in the world, gas is like twenty dollars a gallon. Why is gas twenty dollars a gallon? Because that's nineteen dollars of your gas goes to pay for like a huge state a huge state in a way that like it's hard for us to fathom what they want to like. And so what this does, this provides like a very clear roadmap for uh, the, the democratic party, like especially going forward. Cause like, this isn't like the workers and all that shit anymore. Well, that's not even really relevant. This is like the bureaucrat party and the people who are uh, like, so the people that uh, take your money, the tax man, and like uh, the people who are like need it, you know what I mean? The people that need the people that work the crack store and the people that uh, uh, work at the crack store and people that smoke at the crack at the crack store. So like they already have a roadmap of how to go forward. You know, Tinkstore talked about, you know, in, in Sweden, they have like, uh, you know, thousands of like you can call up the government. And they have like a cultural interpretator and all the blah, 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 blah. They have all these things. We don't have any of that shit like not like to like we have that shit like one tenth of a percent compared to everywhere else. And that's what they're going to get going on. This is why, I mean, so, you know, they already said they're going to, um, uh, so Joe Biden has already informed the entire American vehicle industry, like, uh, we won't need any more gas cars in like eight years. There's none at all. Just don't even worry about that. We've already, we've got it taken care of. 
this is uh, they've got a roadmap. This is where they want to go. And so this one program, um, there could be like one big sponsor behind it, but it doesn't really matter. This program is going to be one of of thousands, and we've know of it because smoking crack is funny. So that just caught our eye. There's going to be a thousands, thousands of these things that, uh, you know, they don't have some kind of like funny thing like smoking crack or whatever, you know? There are are a few things that could happen that would make me want to fed post and uh, messing with kids is one of them. And the other one would be threatening to do that to, to the, to fuel because, uh, for one thing, for for where I live, it would it would destroy us. Like we, we it, this would kill us. We we wouldn't be able to we wouldn't be able to have any kind of standard of living if the price of fuel it became outrageous. And two, it's like we've talked we talked about this a little bit with Gord. Like uh, if you're uh, we America is a or was a frontier country. If you you have your you have your horse, your carriage, your whatever, your car eventually, and you just set out and do whatever you want on your own. Uh, we don't we don't like buses and trains that much and uh, people co- endlessly complain about that but that is not within the cultural milieu or whatever what milieu or whatever how you pronounce that french fucking word of the united states changing that would legitimately change america forever in a very bad way i don't trust anyone who doesn't like automobiles i'm sorry if you don't if you don't like that just this is how it's got to be here's okay. the optimistic side to that right they have been trying to do that for a long ass time. And I don't know, like if you've ever looked at the history of like gas tax increases at the state level, everybody for the most part is terrified to do it because it's almost, it's one of the uh, most sure ways. If you want to lose the next gubernatorial election, support uh, a gas tax increase, people go fucking bonkers over it. So there's actually been pretty good success, even in blue states, at stopping um, gas tax increases because it's historically been just so incredibly unpopular. There's exceptions, right? I mean, California obviously has a very, very high gas tax, but I mean, I'm from New Jersey and we didn't have a gas tax increase for like I think it was something like 25 years because the the last guy that did it uh, got brutalized so badly in the next election to the point where when they raised it, they actually didn't do a, what they did to sort of, they had to sort of hide it by flipping it. It was formerly a fixed number of cents per gallon. And what they did was they flipped it to become a certain percentage of the price rather than cents per gallon so that it would automatically go up as the price of gas went up instead of, you know, the prior system where the price of gas could double and the gas tax collections they would get would stay the same. So like that was even in New Jersey, that was the most they were able to do. Uh, if I'm, you know, at least recalling the history correctly, which I think that I am. Can, can I, I would- just take that offer a synthesis position on the original subject here, which is maybe how it works is when, the system is humming along on all cylinders and things are great. You can ignore skid row or whatever. You can just say, man, it's no big deal. Uh, but once you reach a point in the cycle where things aren't going along so well, like, you're either going to, you're either going to turn into the, to San Francisco or you're going to get like Duterte. What's Duterte? What was the Filipino president's name? Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. Like that's another way you can go. Like it's not like these yeah. are, are, 
Well, you know, impossible. I've never seen The Wire, but I guess well, they said Hamster Town. Or so the hamster, <laughs> the Hamster Town model of like where you let one gang monopolize everything. That's like that's a that's all basically universal practice. That's like what everyone does, and so that that can't be the that's not the variable in, in California where now you have this insane thing going on. So. Well, in the show, it wasn't like the, the show was like a free trade zone for drugs. They weren't allowed to fight. And uh, like, in, in as someone pointed out, the show didn't portray it to be like a utopia. For the people who lived in that neighborhood, it was awful. Like the people who lived there hated it because you turned, you just took all the sh- the crappy stuff in uh, like East Baltimore and you condensed it into the like outside their door. So they hated it. But the qu- open question, the story was. Would this be better than the war on drugs model? And well, like, I think by the speech that uh, the cringy CIA guy from Dark Knight get, gives at the end, it's like you, you get the feeling that David Simon saying maybe we should look into this, and we did, and it sucked. So, case closed. Well, uh, I mean, so like the real model of like what they really did, and like this is what they really did, even in like the best days of America, like in the, the best days of America, the sixties and seventies, and that they still do today. It's like way worse than that, but it may not be way worse for the general populace. So well, what I mean by that is that like literally like imagine like, I don't know, uh, you know, uh, once again, Tony Spaghetti, uh, instead of like, well, we'll just li- look the other way, uh, Tony. Instead, like uh, Tony's got like uh, can like uh, get fav- can like get favors from the police. The police will work with him, whatever, whatever. They'll do anything they can to get a monopoly, because once you have a monopoly, now, like you basically, you've given, you've gotten control back of these areas. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but I mean, part of the difference between that and I think what like the type of stuff Merrick's talking about is like what you're describing is a situation where the you know Tony Spaghetti in your example is basically as part of that deal, not doing, sh- not throwing stuff in people's faces. You know what I mean? Make it, they're not doing it out on the street. They're not right, right. You know what I mean? They're they're not doing it in ways that people could see it. That's what I think. The that that's a really important distinction. I think. Right, and well, like what they're doing is the same thing that goes back. If this is just a, like a common dynamic in all of life. This is the same thing as as uh, the kulak versus the corporation. So Tony Spaghetti is the corporation, and so you get you blow out all the kulak drug dealers, and you install you make Tony Spaghetti. The now he's the one king of of uh, of the of the hood, and you'll help him kill all the other guys until he's the king. Because you know why? Because now you just got one. You got a problem, you call him. Uh, and and once again, like well, let's be real, that's a means of control. Like you're doing that because you want to get control of that area, which you didn't have before. So this is just a basic power dynamic happens all all through life. We gotta we gotta hit a story. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, I have. You got one. <clears throat> The thing about like they could they conquer could they do this to us because we're Americans? Uh, I mean, look. Uh, so you know, I wouldn't compare us to something like Belgium or something. But uh, they've you know Australia and Canada. They're not like they're not like uh, Nordic gas prices, but they're like yeah, you know, it's like six seven dollars a gallon, something like that. As far as I'm, I'm understand. Yeah, uh, I got a story. Mitch McConnell denounces RNC censure of January 6th panel members. Senator Mitch McConnell joined a chorus of Republicans distancing themselves from the committee's actions, describing the Capitol riot as a violent insurrection. 
There's nothing I can say about Mitch McConnell that we can get us kicked off Twitch. That guy's the sooner he's out of Congress, the better. What a loathsome little turtle monster. Fuck him. Pardon, pardon me. So what what's his position? So he's the um Senate minority. Uh, well, uh, actually, I don't know if he's minority or major. I guess he's the minority leader, right? Because it's it's fifty fifty. But the yeah. uh, Democrats have the vice president. Yeah, so he's the Senate minority leader. So the Senate minority leader for the and a, and a, and for the Republicans has uh, this is like a big uh, knife in the in the back moment. Uh, knife of the long knives against the MAGA, right? You can't. I mean, no, because that was a surprise. Like this is the, him just being Mitch McConnell. He's done this uh, for the last seven years. Like, so I mean, yeah, of, of course he's going to do. Uh, of course he's going to act that way. This is how he's been. He's yeah, done. I, he, he's 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 retiring right after this term. It, it, I, it, it's all but certain that he's going to because he's already picked the successor, hasn't he? I ha- I don't know. I was just going to say that either way, I mean, like, he could say this shit all he wants. doesn't really mean anything, right? Because, like, he's not swaying any, any like, actual human. People have already made up their mind on this thing. So, like, him denouncing or not denouncing, it's like, whatever. It doesn't, it, it's not going to move anything. Yeah, I, I, I mean, if they were in charge of the Senate, I guess it could be important, but they're not. So, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> right. I guess it could be relevant if they win back to the Senate. I, I wish I, had, I thought to see when does his term expire? Is it, is it, he's not out after this year. I believe he goes to, to, to 2024 or maybe even 2026, right? So, like he, so if the Republicans take back the Senate majority, he could be the he could be the majority leader again. So I guess then it would become relevant. Uh, the whole the whole mood of the podcast just falls since we start talking about Mitch McConnell. Sorry, I was googling to see if I could see when his term ended. Okay, <laughs> here he is. Uh, oh, he's not. I mean, he's got an eternity. Twenty twenty six. Okay, well then there you go. Yeah, he, is- he can. He can. He, he he he's earning his keep post for whatever he's going to do after his career, his Senate career is over. Right now, this is the uh, this is the senator thing. The senators are kind of a uh, uh, tough to touch. Are right, you going to hit another story here? Yeah, hit the button. Let's do it. going to biff the pronunciation. This guy's name is it Troy Nels. Nils? You're, in te- you're a Texas guy. Do you know? I have no idea. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, he's just a congressman. Capitol Police dismissed Texas Congressman Troy Nails' accusations of being illegally investigated. Uh, this, the story is that Capitol Police came into his office, and he alleges that they were taking, I think, taking photos of some of his documentation. Uh, not essentially, literally spying on him. Uh, I think Tucker talked about this the other night. But the the, the funny thing about this is that here's their denial in the Texas Tribune. They said, uh, we just entered the office because it was open. This is a routine safety protocol. The the congressman's staff says that they had pe- the, the Capitol Police had people disguised as construction workers in his office spying on them. This is a this is an interesting story. So we talked about this story before the show. So um and I I, I have this theory on this that this isn't gonna go away. This is gonna be around. And the reason why is because it's Lendy. So we've seen this in every kind of um, 
big empire, when you have big, powerful militaries and stuff, they're always, I think this is some kind of something related with like balance of power, whatever. So um, kind of like if you conquered the entire world, you ruled it all. Um, it would be very likely for some reason, someone or your, one of your generals would defect and you'd be back in a 5149 situation soon. That's not, we're not, this, we're not going to 5149, but it's just like things like that tend to happen. Now, what's another thing that tends to happen? When you have a very big, powerful military, uh, what ha- tends to happen is in an empire, basically, you know, a, a government that basically gets its power through uh, through military might, which is the United States. The United States is a machine built for war, and we we send battleships and and uh, and airplanes to bomb your shit if you if we don't if you piss us off. So that's we don't build stuff we, we, except for like jets and stuff. That's what we are. Is you have to accept that. So what is this thing? So there's this thing that happens where in that it's either a military or a police or both in the case of the SS that something that's like the military or the police exists, but it just has a different uh, structure of like uh, authority than other things. So this is like, you know, uh, Hitler couldn't just like order around like uh, lieutenant colonels or something. Uh, And things, you know, things in the army, uh, the Wehrmacht had like their own power structure and they had like important, powerful people. But then he had the SS, which was just loyal to him. In the Soviet Union, you had the NKVD, which is like you had a real military. It was just like a normal military followed military rules. Then you had like another military. It was the same thing, but they didn't play. They didn't like have the same authority structure. The history of the Roman Republic is basically like defined by this thing. There's this thing where there's a normal military and then there's the Praetorian Guard. And it's the same thing. And so that makes me think that like this is some kind of like powerful like uh, game theory dynamic type of thing that like this isn't going away. We're going to be seeing the strengthening of the Capitol Police as basically like the NKVD. If you're going to go with the Roman ana- analogy, also the time periods when the Praetorian Guards were powerful enough to put people on the throne were the worst times in the his- like the, in, in Roman history. Things were chaotic. They were horrible. Uh, the, like the, the late Republic was legitimately better than those time periods. Like this is, this is not only Lindy, it's extremely bad. Yeah. And it's weird because like, there's not like one way to describe like how these things behave. Right. Because like, the SS was it's oligarchy. Like, I mean, that'd be one way to describe it. it. It does different things, right? So, like, the SS was loyal to Hitler. Um, like the the Praetorian Guard was like the opposite of loyal to, uh, uh, like, uh, the the Emperor was loyal to the Praetorian Guard, not the other way around. You know what I'm saying? So, there's not like any easy rules for how this kind of thing behaves, but this kind of thing happens. Yeah, Fredo mentioned this when we were talking earlier about this. Uh, did they ever did they pass that law that would ban the Capitol Police from opening their branches in Florida, like they were talking about doing? So the Florida legislature is in session right now, uh, and that is a pet project of Anthony Sabatini, uh, who's a he's currently in, I forget if he's in the state house or the state senate. Uh, he's it's not my district. He's in uh, Lake County. Uh, Northwest of Orlando. Uh, but that's his bill. He's trying to get through. Uh, he's been tweeting about it a lot after this Niels thing and really banging the drum on it. 
remains to be seen uh, as to whether it'll go anywhere because in Florida, both the Speaker of the House and the Senate President are like, you know, terrible Chamber of Commerce guys. So they're not going to want to do something like this unless DeSantis decides to like lean on them. Right. So, and to date so far in the session, he has not either because he has other priorities or, you know, whatever the case might be, these sessions are limited in duration, right? So you can only get so much done. So we'll see, I guess, after this news story broke and Sabatini, who is now running for Congress, by the way, um, banging the drum again over it. If DeSantis will step in and try to apply some pressure to do something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Hey, keep going. I got, I got, I got some more hits here. Oh, okay. Uh, I got it. What do we want to move on to a new story? Unless you got anything. I, I, I do have one. Yeah. Hit the button for me. Virginia legislator makes bipartisan move to end school mask mandates. Ten state Senate Democrats voted for an amendment to allow parents to opt their children out of masking. So this is kind of the – it looks like this might be the, the, the end times for the bat flu uh, insanity regime in Virginia. Uh, first, the, our governor, who, by the way, I found out the other day, was, is a based Hessian. So, you know, I, I formally apologize for doubting him and the people who called me do, a doomer for – saying that I didn't trust them were correct. He uh, put out an EO that said uh, that countermanded the EO that Northam made that essentially says you could, you didn't have to, your kids didn't have to wear masks in school. Uh, there was a media lawsuit that got a stay put on it and counties in Northern Virginia and maybe in around Richmond just said, no, we're not going to do that and have been, still enforcing the mask mandates to the point of calling the police on kids. And it, it's, it's been pretty nasty. However, the, I guess the writing's on the wall. So now the state legislature is going to, I should say that this state Supreme court ruling kind of kicked the can back to the state legislature saying like this EO is not illegal. However, counties can still say that there was a pre-existing state law from 2019 that said that, Schools are allowed to use the CDC guidelines when it comes to masking children. So if the state legislator actually passes this, which would give every parent in Virginia an opt-out if they wanted it, and you you will not be able to send children home or (laughs) threaten to call the police on them, that would be the end of that. This is the masking in Virginia for kids will be optional forever. It, 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 you know, hashtag it's over. Yeah, I mean, this is part of a larger trend, by the way, right? Uh, you, like we just talked about earlier, New Jersey, Delaware, and Connecticut uh, set an end date for masking children. Um, so, like, the Democrats realize they got to get out from under this. Uh, it'll be, uh, you know, it's what's funny about it is some of the cities in certain places still won't give it up. Like, the same day that New Jersey, Delaware, and Connecticut announced an end date for masking children. The city of Philadelphia announced that they're going to make all their kids wear N95s. So the, you know, it's there, there is little, there's still true believers left out there that are going to take a while to flame out, but it definitely seems like the writing's on the wall now. I think the interesting story, part of this story, um, 
So if you're one of the people that speculates on a DeSantis versus Trump thing, um, because there is a lot of people who are like, I'm told that that's a, it's a move of the Lincoln Project. I don't think anyone here supports the Lincoln Project, but um, <laughs> uh, so uh, that, you know, so that's not allowed. However, there's some people that do that and, um, and even support DeSantis over Trump, which is not me, but. Most of the time, they can do that because they were an early supporter of Trump, which is uh, Cernovich. Cernovich has said that he supports, I believe. I mean, someone stop me if I'm wrong. He's and he he's a big name. He's got a lot of lot of he, he's uh, a lot of lot of lot of weight. He, and he's and he was an early Trump supporter. So and he says that uh, he prefers uh, DeSantis over over Trump. I think so. It, now. One of the reasons he said that was because uh, something we've talked about before um, is that, um, by the way, I don't. Okay, so I'm not, let's, you know, you're going to cut this up. So I do not support DeSantis over Trump. I want DeSantis to remain the governor of Florida. Uh, but okay, so he said one of the reasons why is that a. Uh, so I don't know if people know. like one of the biggest, strongest parts of the Democratic Party coalition is these big law firms. I know almost nothing about, but these these guys are powerful, and they're good at like winning cases and shit. One thing that's happened since like the Great Awakening is they won't work for you if you're a Republican going against a Democrat in like a political constitutional case in office. So you basically like need to be like just an awesome lawyer yourself. And Cernovich said in one of these, so this, this case right here, so this is going to go bounce back and through the news and it'll be in, in this court and that court and they'll file an appeal and blah, blah, blah. Well, uh, like this, this part of the bill thing is the thing that like DeSantis got really good at. Cause like lots of people like will sign bills and say like, Oh, we're not going to do this. We're not going to do that. Um, but like the difference is like defending it in court. And like, he was like awesome at that. He would like he would like even like be pretty like he would say like this one's gonna pass for sure. They never like uh blah blah blah. But like th- this is what he was good at. And Cernovich said that because he was he was like a work Cernovich said he was a worse politician, but he was better at lawfare. And that going forward, lawfare would be the key to think to to stuff, which by the way, I think Cernovich is a lawyer. So he would think that. And I don't think that's a mistake. I I, I like that, right? So if you're an accountant, I want you to say. The, the double book accounting is going to be the key to everything next next uh, next election. You know what I'm saying? I, I think that it would be hard to deny that's the truth. I actually, I, 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 I'll mention it here. There's a, a guy in Virginia who got into the state legislature in uh, 2020, who, or sorry, 2021, who that's kind of his thing. He's a lawyer, and he uh, like lawfare was his specialty before he got in. Trying to try again to come on the podcast and talk about that because I think that that is definitely the future of politics. As we've said many times before, and certainly when it comes to elections, it's all about the rules of the election. No, nobody really thinks that they're going to convince other people anymore. It just comes down to who gets to count the votes and how. People forget there was a long period where, um, like this was like at the height of like things like interacts and shit, where people like I like we need to figure out. Uh, something different than politics, like, uh, you know, build a moon colony or something, because like, there's not like, we are going to live in the, uh, you know, the, the, the slave mines of, uh, you know, forever, because there was this long period where everything that the Republicans did just got dumped on in a, in a, uh, in a courtroom. 
And this was like, I think this was like, especially like, didn't early Trump, like just basically just everything just got torn to shreds by, by, uh, mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. constitutional yeah. lawyers. And uh, it seemed like, I thought people, like, it seemed like people were lying when they said like, well, like, uh, this is this is happening because like his team isn't as good at law, and so they just didn't they didn't play the game as good. I thought like well, that sounds fake. It, you know, it sounds like uh, you know the guy from the Illuminati call beforehand. And, <laughs> but then this guy this guy DeSantis comes along. And remember, like it wasn't like he came up with new policies. The difference was the policies survived the the court process, and that, yeah, I, mean, I think that's where it came from. DeSantis went to law school and he also was a practicing lawyer. He was a JAG, if I recall correctly. So, I mean, he, you know, he knows the stuff. I was speaking of Lindy, like if uh, lawyers as politicians, it's like the most Lindy thing possible. How many of the founding fathers were, pra- were practicing lawyers? And I mean, in Rome, if you were going to be an elite, an elite, and, and by the way, like what people say, like that guy's not elite. Well, this is an elite. What does an elite mean? Elite means like, like other like lots of other people's like stuff is is concentrated on you. It just basically means manager, right? So uh, if you're a law, if you're doing law practice, you're an elite. If you're uh, if you're like uh, uh, managing things, you're an elite. Now in this in, in the case of like this kind of stuff, it basically means anything at the government level. So if you're a uh, county judge, you're an elite. If you're a sheriff, you're elite. And the way this used to work, the way the Roman Empire invented the government. They invented government by inventing, yes, they, because they said the government, we're this thing, it's going to give you drinking water, a shitter, and, a ro- and, and roads. That's it. That's what a government is. As, as soon as the Roman Empire happened, that's what government became. That, that didn't exist before. It's just like random assholes hanging out in the woods. Well, that's what we have now. And if you were going to be an elite, you need to A, join the military, B, go to law school, and uh, and 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 see uh, uh, enter into public office. That is not true, by the way. No, what? they did not invent that. It was just random people in the woods. They were like bronze and iron age, massive like uh, governments that like controlled almost every aspect of the people's lives that lived in their oh, cities, right, right, like, right. Government, economies, government as as it exists today. Okay. They they cha- Rome you could say changed the scope uh, uh, like the geographic scope of how how like how big your government could get. I would agree with that, but like the the oh, no, I mean, so the pharaoh didn't come to town and say, "Hey, we're gonna build you uh we're gonna build you a toilet and um and we're gonna uh, uh like if you lived in a Bronze Age empire in or, or you know in like the Levant or the or the, the Near East, like not only did did, did you would you know the rule like the, the ruler would have a, a big impact on the on your day-to-day life because if you lived in one yeah. of those cities they they can think it that doesn't be, that's so what that, that's the same thing as tribal stuff that so just because you have no big, it's not I can, big, I can, big chief wigwam is not the same thing as a government dude prisons have <laughs> the government the government as they invented it it's not just big chief wigwam there is they give you a damn slight big difference between like uh, an, a, a chief who rules over a territory and like a palace economy in a, a city state in, in in the Middle East like that there's a big difference like they that's like a like an early command economy they controlled every aspect you're like there was literacy only existed 
for the for the bureaucracy. Like, so no, I mean, I'm just okay, we're in well, the weeds here, but you know, you, you know. Okay, well, a new kind of government came up on later, and this is probably because of the draft system where they said you're going to go to the military, etc., and and you're as a pleb, you're going to get a shitter, drinking water. Uh, we're going to help you get grain. And uh, and you're going to get roads, which was, this was all super like safe roads. This this was all, this was like, that's like, that is like uh, the necessities of life. Like if your government can't, if your government can't do water roads uh, and help with grain, like uh, you're going to get a new government soon. I have no idea what we were talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. This interesting. So, I mean, so Fredo, what do you think of this thing? Like, is it like, it, do you, is this uh what about this lawfare thing is is this because like it's hard to get back in because i meant like i try to get back in the mindset of what it was like back when do you remember what it was like when it was just like yep that sh- uh that shit died and died in the courts again died in the courts again died in the courts again yeah i mean i remember it happening sure and, and i guess that's why because like in this guy like the reason why De- that's why DeSantis became a rock star because it was all of a sudden it's like no oh, this guy's winning I don't know. Anyway, this is just a, a, a thing out there. And this is like now, and now Yunkin, who, by the way, was also an attorney. Yes. He's an uh, investment banker, wasn't he, Mary? Yeah, he was, mm. he, he's done a lot of things, but he, he was a finance guy before that, which is part of the reason why I was so suspicious of him. But I don't know. I mean, the, our, our AG is a good example of, of someone who seems to know how to use the law to punish his political enemies and reward, or I guess they haven't really rewarded their friends yet, but they've certainly done like already things to punish their political enemies, like, you know, a month in office. It's like, yeah. 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 Speaking of which, this is something that comes up with the Stalin thing as far as like, uh, like what's the weird thing about Stalin is that he was like, he wasn't really a noble. They made like a government where like, it didn't, it wasn't supposed to matter if you were noble. Like it kind of did matter. Kind of, it kind of made it like there's some things about being a non-noble make you like less uh, uh, suitable for public service. We would say that's now that's that's like a highly variable example. But you go to a better example, and so the same thing happened in the French Revolution. So they said, "Well, this is the French Revolution, so we're going to kill the king, and being nobility doesn't matter." But like the thing is, like it kind of like does matter. And it doesn't matter, like, it's not like a matter of, like, your blue blood. It's just kind of, like, it matters, like, I don't know. It's kind of like uh, if your dad was, like, a staff sergeant or your dad was, like, a, uh, you know, the, guitar, uh, the guitarist from Motley Crue. Like, it doesn't, it's kind of it's kind of hard to put your finger on, but, like, in the long term, like, you just are going to be a little bit different. You know what I mean? It's funny because I think it might, it might be a, a Steve Saylor joint, which is uh, – this anecdote that in World War II, allegedly, the general staff of the Soviet army had more, I guess, former nobles on it than the German army staff did. Like the, yeah, were, like it was more and more aristocratic army than the than the Wehrmacht. Yeah, and they were going to they were going to kill all the nobles until I I don't know the the, the tight timeline, but at some point they realized like like you just literally need like this kind of thing to like, you need people like this to be like military officers and shit. I, I don't, I don't know that. I don't know the Soviet stuff for a while. I know the French stuff. So and the French stuff, what you have is you have a lot of like, uh, so you, you could be anybody, right? So you see a lot of stuff where it's like, this guy was a son of a baker and like, he had all the right stuff. And what happens is those guys become like awesome tactical guys, awesome 
cavalry commanders, but when it comes to like lead independent command and like just being like brave and shit, like isn't the most important thing. Like uh, it's it's really hard. Like because like you know being a general, you're like you're like using it'd be like you know in a video game where you're like I'm gonna lose 500 soldiers uh, <laughs> in a battle. Like that's what you have to do as a military officer, and like you really it really takes a certain kind of person to do that. I got a quick bit here, Fredo. Who was the best president of the United States? Andrew Jackson. All right, all right Bog Beef. Who was the second best president of the United States? Uh, Just say what comes to mind. What's the the guy's name we talked to with Stefano? The the bull moose. T- the T- Bog- Teddy Roosevelt. Teddy okay. Roosevelt. Yeah. We got so cavalry commander and, and army. I would say probably George. You, you could, Jefferson would be my first. Top presidential pick who wasn't who wasn't a military officer. Like beyond that, you got like Washington. You have all these guys who were like they 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 were military leaders before they became president, and we love them. And who were our worst presidents? Eh. <laughs> you can you can mull that over yourself. Just think about who they were and what they came from. Yeah, bit, I'll, I mean, I'll be. I don't think nobility's going anywhere. I think nobility's coming back. Uh, and it's and I don't think it works the same way people think it does. Uh, I think it's coming back not because of like uh, some kind of like uh, like Ubermensch thing. I think it's going to come back because people are going to look for like really basic uh, signals of reliability and things like this. Uh, like uh, I don't know if you like if you look at things in prison. So in prisons, people just look for like uh, like anything that like oh, that guy's not going to rape me. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't take much. Okay, now go look at. Go. Who's the guy in France, the pretender to the throne? Uh, well, uh, Louis de, de Bourbon, whatever, right? The, yeah, yeah. Luke go, Bourbon. go look at his Twitter account and then compare it like anyone else like running for high office. There's a certain image that he gives off, and it's kind of like he doesn't say like he's going to like um, – make everyone happy or like really like a new, uh, 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 you know, they're going to fly to the moon or whatever. Um, he's, he just kind of like, um, I'm reliable and I'm not going to surprise you. And, and, and you know what I'm saying? I think that quality that he gives off, like he, like he, like he shows like, um, I go to church at seven o'clock every morning on Sunday. I get the early service. Look you know at this guy. Tell me, just look at his face and tell me he had like a king. This kind of thing, it certainly exists in our culture. Like, uh, my, I have a rel, I have a relative that married into money, and they, and, and like German, and I would, I would beat questions out of him about the, um, what are the the North German nobles? Uh. The, I'm not sure which the Hohans. What I don't I don't know what you're talking about. They got they got Vaughn in their name. Prussians. Okay, pre- there's there's a lot of Vaughns. Yeah, but well, like if your name is Vaughn, then like you're some kind of like uh, uh, nobility. Which in a lot of cases you you could live in a trailer, but in some case if you meet a rich guy that owns a factory in North Germany and his last, yeah Junkers, then he's one of those. You know what I mean? Yeah, fair enough. I don't know. It's just a wild theory. Let's let's. All right. Although, I mean, you could make the argument that Prussia kind of broke broke that mold because it did create a legit industrial meritocracy that kind of uh, blew. Uh, it, it, it roughly handled a lot of those old aristocratic families. Whenever whenever that happens, though, like 
there is like when it, even when you open it up to the widest crowd, if you say like we're going to have like a, a, a competition to be who's who's the best like uh, military officer, and you open it up and like let's say nobles are like ten percent of the population, even like at the end of the day, like for the 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 plebs like do good at things like uh you know cavalry command and stuff like that, but there's there's just something that's not there. I, and I think it, 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 there's something about like the way they're raised and shit like that. They're like second generation. Once they get you in, once they get you going, because that's what Napoleon did. Napoleon would get you going. If you were a good worker and you, you were good at leading men stuff, he would get you going as a pleb. But like none of these guys like really ever like were trustworthy with like solo command. And then the, the live kill here. Is, I mean, I, I got, I hate to say it because it's fun. It's fun to pretend it's not true, but like, industrial war ended all this like if Mm -mm. yes it did i mean for now maybe something can come along and change that but like yeah it kind of did like the the people who won uh the the last major wars they weren't that that's not how they operated go look people up go look people up i'm telling you it's hidden dude they just hide it dude fucking sarah palin is like uh is like a, a a ninth degree uh 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 burst off the boat you go. You just pulled up this random guy. And you were like, "Oh, this guy played basketball at, at UVA." Uh, like his grandfather was like the king of Hestia or something. Uh, it's it's still there, dude. <laughs> I, I would just say if if thing if it, if it worked that way, uh, the Civil War would turned out different, right? So if you look at so him or like De Blasio or something, like on paper, they're just like guys that like went to college like other people and they were just like good at like you know uh counting numbers and shit like that right okay so yeah my last governor ralph northam was like a first family virginia his family's like you know been here since jamestown but like that doesn't mean shit he didn't he did like he didn't he wasn't a cavalry commander right he wasn't charging up the san juan hill with a saber like that's that's something like, like that they don't do that anymore. They send their kids to college and become bean counters. And that's, and, and I guess, or like, you know, pre- present company excluded or lawyers. It's just, I just don't think that, that, that okay, in well, this moment in history, it doesn't, it doesn't matter anymore. And that's unfortunate. Well, I'm pushing my chips on this. People, uh, right. you know, the, do you know the rationalists, uh, the, like, they're like, they're like, oh, you're the the in group and the out group. They're gonna talk about the in group and the out group and stuff. They're like above like politics and stuff. They see through the X's and O's. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yes. They our, uh, go ahead. our boy Hillbilly Elegy, Hillbilly Elegy bring uh, bring back only nobles fighting fire planes, uh, Red Baron Pill, which is a funny joke, but also like that the fighter pilots were the like the last thing approaching knights that we had, and that's pretty much over now too because. Uh, with like the Soviet fucked that up, fly by wire and stuff like that. Uh, now they put are they putting people in cockpits, you know, to make political statements? Like, uh, by the way, that didn't that shit didn't happen. Like, if, if it's 1939, you're not you're not saying, hey, guess what? We put the first uh, uh, Cambodian fighter pilot in the RAF. No, you like it was extremely exclusive. You had to get like, you had to have you know the best vision. You had to be like those guys. If, if you if you look in if if you look into like the common attributes of people who became aces in World War II, they're all very similar types of, of men. And like the uh, men who would, as we've said before, by other people would have excelled at anything they did, right? 
you had to be an exceptional person. And, were, and, and that's, that's, that's over now. They were, yeah, but they were, they were also nobles because, uh, they, that they were perfect. What nobles have to do is they have their professional soldiers, right? So, who's that? Who's that redheaded hamburger that married the uh, the black girl in um, <laughs> Prince Prince Harry? Prince, like, uh, so I don't know if people know. It's like uh, Prince Harry. Harry, like, uh, you know, flew uh, was in the military for like ten years, right? Yeah, everybody in the you, House of Windsor, all the men joined. The yeah, instead of his brother, they were all in there. Yeah, that's what you have to do. Uh, you can get out like if you got a bad leg or something like that, or there's there's different different circumstances. But like you got to do that, and so that's why like all these guys they're like, oh yeah, all the the fighter pilots flew a plane. It's because they were all they were all nobility. It's they not were, like well, the, the, the counter example. The counter example though, there is Prince Charles was in the military and hated it and was apparently terrible. But he has to do it. Yeah, yeah but so what? It's yeah. not like the Kaiser's relatives dying in, in battle in World War II. It's not like that. They put them in a in a cushy post and they put on a uniform mm. and they wave their hands. It's, no, I, I don't. I don't. I think that's Lindy, right? So, like, if you're a noble, like, like I said, so you're going to do three things. You're going to you're going to be a lawyer. You're going to be in the military, and you're going to be in public service. Uh, some guys kick ass at one or two of them. Some guys that hate the other two. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, you're going to run the gamut. And Look, like- I, I'm sorry to bring everything back to the Civil War, although I'm not sorry because we always do that. Like, let's compare the two, the two sides of the Civil War. In the North, this was like a – this was what you're saying was pretty much – was a very common way to do things. Like, if you wanted to be somebody, like, you wanted the military command. Uh, no matter who you are, how – what kind of person you are, what kind of fighting spirit you had, whatever. You just, it was just part of being, I'm important. I should, I should be able to command the company, right? Boss Tweed got shit for not, uh, you had to, he was too old to be a regular soldier. But like, if you were a guy with a little bit of money, you, you, you had to pay to do it, but you would pay and the, they would, you'd be a military officer. And he got a lot of shit for not. Right. There were political appointments, but, but anyway, there was like the, the, a lot of the elites in the North wanted to be mil- like in the military and military commanders. It was prestigious. It was a thing that you were expected to do. Teddy Roosevelt's father did not fight in the war. And that was like a point of shame for his entire life. It's one of the reasons why he was such a maniac about war. This is what I've been saying. Okay. Well, let me, let me f- get to the second part of my point in the South, the similar attitude, however, Compare the generals of the South to the generals of the North, the officers of the South to the officers of the North throughout the war. You, you mean you can you can you can give somebody you can you can put an epaulet on somebody and give them a, a you know a military sinecure that don't make them into a a, a noble a noble cavalry commander it doesn't well, it doesn't work right and that's what I was saying that's what I was saying Napoleon. You know, some of these guys that Napoleon uh, made capital commanders that had no noble background, like they were really awesome at like one certain thing, but like there did seem to be a, a limit on that. By the way, like, but that's not how they did it in the South. It wasn't like that they were hunting down the most merit. How many of these guys after the war went and worked for Grant up in New York? By the way, but like, anyways, I just want okay. So here's the thing. So I, uh, the rationalists they say um, like bets is a tax on bullshit. I think that's what they do. I'm going to say, so like, you got to put your money where your mouth is. So here we go. <clears throat> I read the other day that uh, up to like 5% of the population in Mexico has some kind of like claim to nobility. It's not shocking. They've had a lot of different, uh, 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 yeah. Mo- Mobug was talking about that. Like uh, Mexico was like a Prussian empire, like in the 1800s or something. That's the most base shit I've ever heard. Yeah, yeah. they had, yeah, they had a, 
they've uh, on two different occasions had an emperor. Yeah. That's the space. And so, um, all right. And, uh, and I live in Texas. But, okay. Uh, if you're a single woman who can trace your ancestry to a noble line with some kind of claim to a barony or higher, we're looking for a barony or higher. And um, you've never had someone just like satisfy your most intense desires, body and soul. Uh, hit me up. His DMs are open. That's right. Yeah. Fredo, so. do you have anything to shill? Nothing to shill, man. Well, I mean, I guess uh, happy future Valentine's Day to any potential heiresses that want to take up bog beef on the offer. Thank you guys for joining us again. We we really appreciate it. Let's uh let's throw some dats around. So we got um there's people doing stuff right now, right? We got since we've last done this, we've gotten like what two episodes out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh there wasn't we didn't get a lot of comment, a lot of action on the 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 um. Uh, the interview with Stefano. Uh, I think people will be interested in that. Uh, so uh, don't. That's a great listen. interview. Uh, he was really good. Uh, I would say don't listen to it if you want like uh, the normal like uh, like a like call it down the lines or whatever. Like so the obvious like we're letting him like basically cut a promo. Uh, a young politician on, on the come up like just give his pitch. Yeah, but he was an interesting interview. Like, I, it, you, you never know going in. Like, if someone who's like running for office is actually going to be a good interview because they're not the same skills. But he was. He was like a uh, interesting, sincere guy. I really, I actually enjoyed, you know, talking to him despite him being from New York. He was a great interview, and one of the things that surprised me is I didn't know anything about him going into the interview. Right, so I just I went in completely blind, uh, and then I I looked him up like after I'd finished. W- uh, listening to the episode and I was amazed at how young he is. Um, he does definitely doesn't come off that way in the interview, right? He comes across as a guy who's, I, I don't want to like, I guess overly stereotype and say, if you're young, you're a dumbass. but he comes across as like a, <laughs> a guy with a lot more like insight and wisdom than you would think a guy his age would have. Yeah. Big Apple. I mean, he started fired up. He wasn't scared much, but uh, I would. So uh, that, that, that was cool. Uh, Malcolm just what's today? It's February. It's February 8th. Okay. Well, I'm looking at a story and unheard where Malcolm Shayun has been published February 9th. So <laughs> I, I don't know how that works, but unheard, uh, is, unheard <laughs> is UK. So it, 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 is it the ninth in the UK yet? It probably yes, like yes, it will yeah, be. that's why right. then. Yeah. Uh, well, all right. I, I, I thought shit was getting wild. Someone asked, "When is the Thomas Seven Seven interview?" I I need I need to like I've like I've I need to really really be sharp on my um uh, on my uh, mayor daily for I, I I hit him up. So he, you, he gotta, claims, you gotta be careful with stepping around with Thomas Seven 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 because that man's got some he's got some knowledge and it, it, it's interesting that like so we've talked about the well we'll. we'll Keep going, but uh, okay. See this <laughs> article: How the Left Betrayed the Truckers. Uh, it's really based. Uh, I was check that out. All right, I'm done. Yeah, uh, I think we're gonna put this one up for free because we got something cooking this weekend that will probably be paid only. But if you're listening to this on Spotify or whatever, uh, if you go to Patreon.com and look up Good Old Boys with a Z, uh, we, you know, m- most of our most of our content we don't post on Spotify for free. You know, you can sign up and listen to more. A lot of good stuff on there if you're listening to you know it for free on one of those other apps. Yeah, uh, I got a message from a liberal today that had the different. They saw a different side of the of the, um, 
of the Joe Rogan debates. They were with Neil Young or whatever. And so, um, you know, I always try to see both sides. I remember I was thinking, I was like, hmm, well, I, I don't really agree with that. And I was like, wait a minute, aren't we on Spotify? I ain't never got no check from Spotify. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm finna side with Neil Young until I see some checks over here. <laughs> what's, what's going on, guys? Yeah, if Rumble offers us some money, we're, we'll say whatever they want about Joe Rogan. All right, guys. Thanks for coming out. Have a good night, everybody.